<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Sunday at around noon. Again, we like to record at noon. Rob and I wake up, like to record, and that's how we start our day. And speaking of Rob, I've got Rob here with me. Rob, how's it going? It's great, Dustin. Bye week this week, so a little less of yesterday to talk about and more of the big picture season to talk about. So we got a lot in store this week, I think. You know, when we have a bye week, it means we can't lose. So that's right. It, are you as high as when we win or as low as when we lose? No, no. <laughs> but it is a good day when Virginia football does not lose. That's, yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. And not to mention tech, you know, they got beat pretty bad last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's almost like a UVA won a game. Yeah. Yesterday was a good day of sports. You know, we had the Red River rivalry, right? Yeah. <laughs> We had the Red River Red River Rivalry. Say go. that five times fast, Rob. No, I'm not going to try. <laughs> we had the Red River Rivalry. That was a good game. We had a bunch of good college football games. There were some good fights last night, some great post-fight incidents Yep. If with uh, Connor and uh, Khabib, but um, we're not going to talk about that because we are a UVA sports podcast. But I think something that I want to start off with is just how do you feel about the year so far with Virginia football. I think that, you know, we're kind of in the midway point. We haven't played six games yet, but we're about to. And so how do you feel about this team midway through the season? I guess I feel kind of kind of exactly how I thought I'd feel. Mm-hmm. You know, three and two seemed about right. I thought we might beat Indiana and lose to Louisville, but we flipped those. But three and two seems about right. And... Players are starting to emerge, but there's just a lot of new pieces on this team and a new identity, especially on offense. So I don't want to say like I'm really surprised by one thing or really, you know, I don't I don't know if we can really go there. I think it's just kind of business as usual. And I think we've seen more dynamic plays from Bryce Perkins. That Louisville hurdle was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. But outside of that, it was kind of par for the course, I feel like. What do you think? Yeah, I, I feel like... When I think about the season so far, I think about how in past years, I mean, at this point of the season, I'm generally like, oh my gosh, why am I still a football fan? Like this sucks (laughs) every year. But now this year, it's like, okay, like this is about where we expected to be. You know, we're on track for a bowl game, probably maybe. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. And, you know, we, we are on track as to where we're supposed to be. There's definitely some you know, great things about the season. You know, the Louisville game was awesome. The Ohio game was awesome. Bryce Perkins has been really fun to watch, even if he has some limitations with his passing game, which Rob and I will talk about later. But we're at the point of the season where we know kind of what this team's going to bring to the table. I'm not expecting to be surprised by any one player or one unit going forward with the season. So I think we know who this team is. I think we know our strengths. We definitely know our weaknesses. So it'll be good to see how we use those in the coming weeks when we play Miami and, you know, that stretch of ACC games where we really have to win a couple of them. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I'm really looking for right now is injuries. Can guys like Malcolm Cook come back? Jordan Mack, I said beginning of the season, Jordan Mack's probably the player outside of Bryce Perkins and Alameda Zacchaeus we can least afford to lose. Mm -hmm. And 
from the initial prognosis, he'll miss five games, yeah. which is unfortunate. So we'll be monitoring and maybe see if he can come back early. Uh, but I mean, I think those are the variables that are really going to determine, you know, how how we do the rest of the season. There's a lot to get into, a lot to talk about. I think what Dustin and I are going to do is we're going to bring on a very special guest, and then we're going to get into a lot of details afterwards about the football team, position unit grades, what we can expect moving forward. But I think the first thing to do is to bring on our guest, Jerry Ratcliffe of Jerry Ratcliffe ratcliffe.com i butchered that you know one of the true true uva legends so we're really mm-hmm. excited to have him on yeah pumped to have him on and yeah i used to read him all the time growing up and so super excited to see him or not see him but talk to him this, this <laughs> week and see see how he feels about the uva season so far so we're gonna give him a call and we'll be right back all right everybody so we have jerry ratcliffe of jerryratcliffe.com on the line Jerry, welcome to the Guys and Ties podcast. Well, Robert and Dustin, it's great joining you guys. Uh, I'm uh, really excited about your new venture, your new podcast, Guys and Ties. That's awesome and uh, very clever and uh, glad to be a part of it. I'm really proud of the name myself. I came up with it. I just want to say it. And Rob Rob was kind enough to let me do that. I endorsed it 100%. I I was proud of the name, but thanks thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Glad to do it. Yeah. uh, So the first thing we want you to do is could you just introduce yourself for those who, for some reason, don't know who you are? And listening to this podcast. Sure, sure absolutely. Uh, I've been in the uh, newspaper business all my life until this past May. Uh, was at the uh, sports editor at six different newspapers in the state of Virginia. And uh, let's see, gosh, I guess I'm one of the oldest sports writers still around. I guess I'm a dinosaur <laughs> in some respects. But uh, yeah, and I, you know, I came to Charlottesville in 1982, same year as George Welsh, and uh, covered that. Uh, remarkable turnaround in virginia football history one of the more remarkable turnarounds in college football history really you know been here ever since very happy uh it's a great place to to work uh as a lot of guys my age in the newspaper business have experienced you get to the point where they can't afford you anymore and uh they show you the door so uh back in may i was trying to figure out uh, what i was going to do and I had a lot of different options, and uh, some were intriguing, some were not, but uh, a lot of people had pushed me to uh, create my own website, and um, yeah, that is something I had been toying with uh, in the back of my mind for probably the past 15 years, and kind of wish I had done it sooner, but uh, decided to go ahead and do it, and um, uh, you know, I was considering some different names for it, but a couple of people said, you know, your brand is your name. Virginia fans know you for 36 years. So why don't you just make it jerryrackliff.com? And I said, well, I don't want it to sound egotistical, but <laughs> it does make sense. But uh, So we went with that. And uh, we've been up since late July and uh, or sometime in July, maybe late June, I guess, actually. Uh, we were a free site in July, and we went to a paying website in August. And going well getting uh, more subscribers every week and advertisers and uh, feel like things will really pick up once basketball season starts it's what dustin and i keep telling ourselves about our podcast yeah wait till basketball season <laughs> <laughs> true yeah well that's you know right now virginia's a basketball school so mm-hmm. you got to take advantage of that <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah hopefully at some point we can come but we can become both football and basketball uh, yeah it can be done Yeah. Well, that's kind of the direction we're trending with what we want to talk about. It's obviously the bye week. Virginia football was off yesterday. Still a lot of action around in the ACC, but it's, I think the bye week came at a great time. Come try to get our players healthy, kind of midway point in the season. Jerry, we want to ask you just high level. What has been your thoughts so far through five games of the Virginia football season? Well, uh, actually, I, they're exactly where I thought they would be. I, I thought they would be three and two. I thought there was might be a chance they could go four and one if they played well in Indiana, which obviously they did not. I think looking back on that Indiana game in the future down the road, a couple of years down the road, they're going to regret losing to Indiana last year and this year because it was a winnable game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Indiana is any more talented than Virginia, but I think uh, it exposed uh, some of Virginia's weaknesses, and that was uh, confirmed last week at NC State. So, But, you know, I thought they would be 3-2, and two, 
I really thought that Bryce Perkins would be the catalyst for anything good, and so far he has been. And he is learning to use his weapons. Uh, I thought going into the season, the offensive line and the defensive front might be problems, and they have been. I thought the place-kicking job with Mejia was going to be a weakness, and it was. Uh, I'm still not sure if they've got that totally corrected yet, it's, I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. I thought Zacchaeus would be a great playmaker. I just wish they'd get him the ball more. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're about where I thought they'd be They're The offense still is as good as it has been at times still isn't consistent enough. I don't think to win, uh, games against teams like NC state when they, when they step up a level in play, they seem to struggle, and uh, they'll go per- you know long periods without moving the ball, or, or at least getting into the red zone. Or if they get in the red zone, they they can't convert. So they're in fact they're last in the ACC in, in red zone offense, which is a big problem. And I think they need to be a little more creative. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see them do some more things to take advantage of some of the personnel they have. But I think going forward, it's going to be. And this, you know, the bye week is a big part of this. I think Bronco is going to sort of touched on this, but, you know, reevaluating, analyzing what's wrong. But I think what's going to jump out on him, jump out at him is uh, the offensive line and defensive line. uh, And they've got to find a way to correct that uh, if they want to get where they hope to be. Yeah, totally agree. Just because the defensive line has got so many injuries right now and the offensive line has been you know, inconsistent with how they've done pass and rush blocking. How, Absolutely. How do you think they could correct that? I know you say try to get more creative. Uh, do you have anything in mind? Like, I know the defensive line, maybe we'll get Dylan Thompson back, offensive line, trying to get more experience. Anything you have in general? Uh, you know, that's that's a good question. I, I, You know, you're kind of behind the eight ball there when you don't have great personnel there. You might have some potentially great guys that are just inexperienced or you know, just haven't gotten to the point where they've reached their potential, and and that's on both sides of the football. And uh, getting a couple of guys back will certainly help, but they're so young up front. Uh, it, it's you know, we Bronco keeps saying guys like uh, Alonzo is getting better, and uh, some of the other guys are getting better. Jordan uh, Redman uh, and Famui, uh, but you know, it, it takes time, uh, and that's it's really. All you can do is uh, is just work harder and work smarter with those guys in practice and hope that they come along a little better. Uh, it's not going to get that much stronger overnight. Offensive line, I don't know, because um, they are a little young, uh, but they, they have some guys with experience. But, uh, you know, there's really not a great solution unless you have other personnel you can go to, and, and they really don't. It's something they're going to have to live with, I think. But uh, offensively, I think they can be more more creative to maybe uh, take a little pressure off the line. I think I've I've been kind of disappointed that they haven't used the tight end more because I, I think uh, Evan Butts is is really good. Bronco has told us so much over the past year and a half that he's always open <laughs> and has great hands. But you know it doesn't do any good if you don't get him the ball. I, you know I think that's one of the things that could help them down in the red zone is to, you know, throw to the tight end a little bit more. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's that Bryce doesn't see him in the progression, if he's not the main target in some of the past plays they have designed, but I, I think they have to find a better way to utilize him than, you know, in, in the, uh, what got me kind of excited just covering football, um, back in training camp was seeing them running the, the true option play a little bit more. I thought that was going to be a huge weapon for them to get Bryce Perkins and Zacchaeus and some of the other guys with speed out on the edge and, and really stretch out defenses. And, you know, I know Bronco knows that and, and Robert and I, but Bronco seems a little reluctant to use Bryce more than he has to. And I understand that because, you know, with Bryce, you got a chance to do something really cool with the rest of the season without him you know, you become pretty average. 
And so I understand that. And, you know, I think if the program was further along, if they were developed to where they were going to bowl games every year, I think Bryce would be running the option a lot more than he is now. Uh, but with a chance to, you know, they, they've got a lot of really winnable games coming up. Uh, with him, you got a chance. And, it, and you know, I, it's, it's something that I guess you have to weigh as the head coach in, in the big picture as to whether you want to risk that guy uh, when you're trying to get back to a bowl game for the second year in a row, as opposed to being an annual, annual uh, postseason participant, where you, it's you just kind of throw caution to the wind and say, well, you know, yeah, that's part of football. You've you got to use him. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think they've got to do some things like that to, to shake defenses up. And and you know, I'm defensively, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can be a little more creative with some of your stunts and and some of your schemes to take a little pressure off that defensive line, but they, they really do need to get a couple of guys back. Yeah, definitely. And you, you mentioned Bryce Perkins um, a little bit earlier and talking about how, you know, you'd like to see the option run a little bit more. And Rob and I were wondering what is your overall impression of Bryce Perkins, you know, coming into the season, there was a lot of hype surrounding him and what he could do with his legs. And, you know, his arm strength was a little question mark that we, may or may not have figured out yet. So I'm wondering what your take is on Bryce Perkins. Actually, he's he's been all I thought he would be. I, I looked at him and did a lot of interviews and talked to people about him from his junior college days and even Arizona State days. And I realized that this, this guy is a special athlete. Uh, they haven't had a quarterback like that here since at least Marcus Higgins, if not Sean Moore before him. He's just... Uh, yeah, he's he's a big guy, six three, two fifteen. He's put together well. He's put together more like a running back actually than a quarterback. And as as we all know, he comes from a family of running backs. His brothers with the Giants. Uh, his dad was an NFL running back. His his dad's uncle is in the Cowboys Ring of Honor as what was one of the best running backs in the seventies in the NFL. Uh, there's no question this guy can can really run with the football and uh, the the big question like you said was with his arm but I, i've been impressed with his arm so far uh he's been more accurate than i thought he would be you know i think he's he's the total package and he's only going to get better if he can stay healthy yeah that's uh, one thing we've been talking about a lot is just he might not have the biggest arm but the timing is there the play calling seems to kind of give him a chance to really take advantage of the middle of the field or if the out routes are there they'll get him there so i mean it doesn't sound like he's really been that big of a surprise to you just based on the research he did it seems like that's kind of what we expected was there a player that has kind of surprised you so far a position unit with their performance uh so far this season uh well one one more thing about perkins the, the thing that that uh, has impressed me more than than all the other stuff is his competitive spirit. I mean, he, as long as he's back there, he's, you, you know, you, you, you've got a chance, uh, against NC state late in that game. I think he was 13 of 17 on the last, uh, couple of drives, uh, until that, until it got down to the very end when they knew it was desperate. And he, I think he threw four straight in, incompletions. One of them was actually intercepted, but up until that point on the, the previous, the, that drive in the previous drive, he was 13 of 17 for seven first downs, two touchdowns, 161 yards, and scrambled for 45 yards, even though he got sacked a few times. But I, I just like the way he never says die and, and keeps fighting. But uh, let's see, as far as somebody else who surprised me on offense, uh, Dubois a little bit, because you know we didn't know much about him last year. He was just kind of a seldom-used possession receiver. Um, he's, he's looked a, a pretty pretty decent um we knew Zacchaeus was going to be good we knew Joe Reed was probably going to be pretty good we knew Ellis was going to be good I, I guess I, I'm, I'm real anxious to see what Tavares Kelly brings to the table in the second half of the season I, I think with his speed he's uh he's dangerous if you can find creative ways to get him the ball but you know other than that not, not, not really any surprises I, I i i am surprised that they don't get zacchaeus more touches <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, when you got a playmaker like that i mean you look down at wake forest for example greg dorch it's not you know he's not much different than zacchaeus in size when i mean he's one of the best playmakers in the acc but you can't be a playmaker if you don't get the ball i mean he 
they throw it to him often. They let him run the ball. Um, I think he had four touchdowns uh, week before last. You just you got to get those guys the ball somehow or the other. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if you know Bronco and the rest of the coaching staff change anything in the offense to maybe let you know Perkins run a little bit more, or Zacchaeus get more touches, or even Evan Butts get you know some more catches over the middle. I I think that you've made some really good points about that. You mentioned we talked about. Uh, surprises but and we've talked about things to improve on and I think Rob and I want to ask you what does the rest of the ACC look like this season so far you know we've got a clear upper top with Clemson and then I feel like everything else is kind of mumbled tier jumbled. two yeah <laughs> tier three yeah so what what do you what is your take on the ACC this season the rest of it yeah well I think you guys are exactly right um uh, you know the the league the last two years before this, maybe even the last three years before this, uh, it's been pretty good. It's been one of the better leagues in the country, and uh, which was a change because it went for several years there and was kind of thought of as the, as the worst of the par- Power Five. And they've, uh, they really enhanced their reputation. But this year, I, th- I think there's a lot of mediocrity in the league. Uh, you got Clemson, which is essentially an SEC team playing in the ACC, and then you got everybody else. Uh, you know, Miami, this was supposed to be his best team, and, and it could turn out to be Mark Rick's best team down there. They're 5-1, and one, a remarkable comeback yesterday over Florida State. They looked like they were dead in the water and found a way to come back. But I don't know if that speaks more to Miami or to Florida State. But, uh, you know, Florida State used to be an SEC-type team in the ACC, but they're and they may return to that again because there's no reason they shouldn't. I thought Boston College would be a little better. Um, they're not bad, but they – Losing at Purdue, I thought, was a shocker. I didn't think NC State would be as good as they are uh, after losing seven starters off, off their defense, but they've, they've done a yeoman's job in there with new personnel. And uh, Ricky Person, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, really gave a boost to their offense. But And then the, the Hokies, uh, you know, losing to Old Dominion was uh, embarrassing. And then last night was, you know, they were on the big stage, laid an egg. You know, they really haven't beaten anybody. And, um, you know, Miami, other than playing LSU, really hasn't played anybody. Uh, you look at uh, some of these other schools, they they, they, they really haven't beaten anybody. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a scramble, at least in the Coastal Division, like it always <laughs> seems to be. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, Virginia's got some chances here. They, they have seven games left. Uh, of course, Miami coming to town next week for the – I guess homecoming, uh, they'll definitely be an underdog in that. And, and, you know, Miami should win that game, but you never know. Virginia played well down in, at Miami last year, had them on the ropes and, and just kind of died. Uh, but the rest of the games you look at, Duke, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Liberty, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, they're all toss-up 50-50 games. And, you know, if you win your share of those, you can you can do some damage. So um, I think the league is down. Um Clemson is is really good. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll end up winning the ACC championship against who knows who knows who's going to come out of the coastal. Whoever but, makes uh, it out alive, right? But you know, whether I'm you know I'm still not sold on Clemson being one of the best four teams in the country yet. Uh, they may develop into that in the second half, but uh, you know, right now I think they're just maybe on the outside looking in. But that, that could change. But you know, Virginia, I think they have a great opportunity lying ahead of them because, uh, you know, I think they have a three-game winning streak against Duke. Um, they certainly should be better than North Carolina, and they play them here where North Carolina has not played well. They've lost, I think, three in a row to Pittsburgh, and I still scratch my head over that. That's <laughs> yeah, an interesting uh, one. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, Liberty's a new opponent. Uh, Virginia should win that game, and um, while Virginia has played lousy at Georgia Tech, you know, that, that looks like a winnable game. They are starting to get their offense together down there. But, again, they haven't beaten anybody. And then Virginia Tech, who knows? I mean, if you're ever going to beat them, this might be the year to, to end that streak. I feel like we'd say that every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, they lost their starting quarterback. Their best defensive player was just kicked off the team. So yep. they just got crushed by Notre Dame. Yeah. Is there anything, I guess, we want to ask just even bigger picture than that? Bronco Mendenhall in his third year, about halfway through his third year. We've definitely seen signs of progress with the program. You've seen kind of 
recruiting uh, method to it as far as emphasizing the lines, emphasizing culture. Um, just because you've seen the George Welsh years, you've seen the Al Grow years, uh, and now kind of Mike London we saw briefly, and now Bronco Mendenhall. I guess just kind of what's your overall thoughts on Bronco and kind of the direction the program is heading? Well, I, you know, I think they're going in the right direction. Uh, I like Bronco. I, I like the fact that he's held his staff together just the way George did. And that's very important. I, I don't think a lot of people realize how important it is to keep that consistency, that continuity with the same staff year after year. Not only does it help uh, in coaching your players, but I think it helps in learning the conference and, and you know, how to, how to beat your opponents. You know, I think, th- I think everything's headed in the right direction. Uh, I think he has a good plan. and I know he's confident that he can get this program turned around. Uh, the second half of this season is going to be really, really important, I think. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, the whole, the key to the whole thing, and it's, it's what George Welsh would tell you readily today, is that you've got to be able to recruit. You know, that's been a handicap for Bronco and his staff coming clear across the country with no ties to the state of Virginia or even that much to the East Coast. And that has shown up in recruiting. They, they've been able to get some good players from out of state, a couple from in-state, uh, but they're going to have to have more of a recruiting impact in the state of Virginia to, to get this thing turned around. If you look at George George's program uh, and Al's program, uh, they you know their best teams had a lot of Virginia players, state of Virginia players on it. And I, I think that's the whole key. Um, you know, I think Carla Williams is, is uh, a very patient lady and, and uh, is totally behind Bronco, but she wants to win. You know, I don't, she won't put up with mediocrity. I'm, I'm convinced of that. We saw that at Georgia. I mean, if you get rid of Mark Rick to make an improvement, I wouldn't think anybody's job is safe, really. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's, I think that's it. And, and, you know, if they can, if they can be really decent the second half of the season, uh, maybe improve upon last year, go to a bowl game and win it, or win at Virginia Tech and give Virginia fans something to really get excited about. I, th- I think that will help them in a lot of ways in, in the immediate future because there's a lot on the line. They they uh, they need to get fannies in the seats, and the only way you're going to do that is to win and give them a reason to come out. And they also need that football building. Uh, George Welsh will tell you he would not have been able to get his program where he eventually got it had they not built that building, and uh, which is the McHugh Center and, and antiquated at this point. But they really need that uh, to help recruiting because, uh, I mean, if you look at places like Oregon, they had a hard time getting the best players to come and look at their campus and look at their program. But once they got that building there, it was a lure. And once they got there, they said, hey, this it's pretty good. Same thing can happen at Virginia, and maybe not to that same degree. But you got to get the the best players from the state of Virginia to at least come and look at your place and give you a fighting chance. Uh, otherwise, you're you're you know you're playing with one hand tied behind your back. So I know there's going to be a big push this week just to start getting uh, money raised for that building and the other athletic complex that they revealed a few weeks ago, and you know, if you're asking big boosters, big donors to open up their pocketbooks, you got to give them a reason. And, uh, you know, if they can win uh, more than their fair share of games down the stretch, that will give people a reason. And, and so I think he can get it done, but he's got to have help. He, he can't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think, uh, I think that's a really good observation is like getting those fans in the seats and getting, bronco what he needs you know those are two things that are gonna you know once you start getting one they're gonna eventually just pile up and help each other out so i think that's a great great way to and 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 before we end it i i'm a basketball guy so i want to ask one one basketball thing what is something that you're looking forward to this basketball season oh wow i know i know we're switching gears real quick but (laughs) but i just what what is like your your, we had to give dustin his one question yeah basketball i need to talk about basketball (laughs) I need to talk about basketball. What, what is one thing that you're looking forward to this basketball season? I'm really looking forward to seeing how far the Kyle guy and Ty Jerome can take their games. I, I think both of these guys are really, really good basketball players and the kind of guys who win you games that, that maybe you shouldn't win. And I'm, I'm just anxious to see how far 
they can take their games. But you know, they're good. But I, I want to, I want to see how far they can go. I think they can be really, really. And I, you know, I think that's one of the big keys to the season. And and I'm also excited about if they can get Diakite to be all he can be because his athleticism is off the charts. Um, there's guys in the NBA that don't have his athleticism, but he, you know, it's got to click in for him. And if it does, wow, you know, he has unlimited potential. So, you know, I could go on and on, and on but, <laughs> but those, uh, you know, those are things that, that uh, get me excited as a sports writer in terms of storylines and, uh, and anticipation and excitement that keeps me coming back uh, in my dinosaur years is, is, to, is, is to see how far some of these guys can take their games. Because I, th- I think this year's team could be maybe not have the same record as last year because, you know, 31 and three is pretty hard to duplicate. But I, I think this could be a better team overall mm-hmm. than last year. And, and that uh, that should excite all Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. I know me and Rob are both excited. Yeah, no, no question, and we're getting there. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, does Virginia make a bowl game this year in football? Yeah, yeah, I think they will. I, I said before the season I thought they'd win six or seven games if uh, if Perkins stays healthy, and I think they will. I mean, they're they're halfway there, and they have uh, six toss-up games in their next seven. So uh, you win half of those, and uh, you're in. Uh, you know, I think a lot of again, it all predicates on. Um, Perkins staying healthy, but uh, uh, yeah, I think they will. I think they will make a bowl game. All right, we, we got it on record, so we'll see. We'll see. But everyone, this is Jerry Ratcliffe of JerryRatcliffe.com. Uh, great discussion, Jerry. We're so happy you were able to come on. Thank you again. Thank you, and uh, you know, have your listeners uh, check out my site. I think they'll like it. We we cover Virginia really well, and we uh, we give you some things that newspapers used to do and don't do anymore, and and things that uh, that fans miss and they can't get anywhere else. So give us give us a give us a look. We'll, we'll give you a shout out for real, definitely. <laughs> but thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Okay, guys, anytime. Thank Be glad you. Glad to do it. Yeah. All right. Take care. So again, that was Jerry Ratcliffe of jerryratcliffe.com, and he's absolutely right. Great stuff on his site. Uh, Jerry's been covering UVA sports for at least my whole lifetime, and Dustin and I- Longer than our lifetimes. <laughs> Dustin and I both grew up reading him, so it's great to get him on the show, and uh, hopefully you learned a little bit too. We did. I definitely learned some new stuff. What we're going to do now is we're going to just kind of do a quick recap of the first five games of the season. We're going to go position unit by position unit break it down, give you our grades for how our players, our team, our coaches have done so far through the season. If you're ready, Dustin, I think we start at the top with quarterbacks. Yeah, let's start with quarterbacks. I think for Bryce Perkins, you know, he, he's got the, all the hype coming into the season. He has been definitely the leader of the team. He Everything he does on offense uh, it, it thrives through him. And so I think that looking at him is kind of looking at how the offense does in general. And so far, I would give Bryce Perkins a B plus for the season. And I think that because, you know, we knew he was a good runner coming into the season and we did not know much about his arm or his arm strength or his accuracy. And throughout these first five games, we've learned that he can make the throws that he needs to. He is not terribly strong-armed, but he is definitely an elite athlete. He can jump over people. He can run anywhere he wants to. He is a good quarterback, and he is what this team needs. He has not totally blown me away with what he does, but he has been very impressive, and so I give him a B+. I'll give him uh, a B, and just for the Hmm. reasons Jerry said, I want to see... UVA use him more as the dynamic playmaker that he is. I want to see him run more. I want to see the option more. And I even want to see more shots downfield. And as his arm kind of develops, the more he gets used to passing. Remember, this is his first time in many years where he's actually been counted on to throw as many times as he had. He They had such a good running game in junior college. He wasn't counted on to throw very often. So I want to see them take advantage of some one-on-one matchups more on the outside. I want to see them really focus in on how dynamic he is as an athlete. And I think that might be the difference between winning six games or seven games. You know, I think there's a game difference in there if they really unleash him and let him be the type of playmaker that he is. So I'll give him a B. Good performance so far. I want to see more. 
Yeah, that's great. And the next that we're going to move on to running backs. And I want to hear your take on the running back so far. Uh, running back is tough. Probably a B minus. Um, I think we've seen good games. You know, Jordan Alice had a good game against Richmond. He had a good game against Ohio. But we haven't really seen him do much against good defenses. Defenses that are really keying in to stop him. We just haven't really been able to do much. And I think it goes a little deeper than Jordan Ellis, too. He's on pace to get close to 1,000 yards uh, this season rushing. We'll see. I think that'll slow down a little bit as the season goes on. But that's realistic. But the reason I give it a B- minus is because I want to see more from the backups. I Like Jerry said, this true option look, Lamont Atkins, who's more of a speedster, he was getting a lot of run in training camp. We haven't seen Lamont Atkins do much of anything this season. We also heard all about how P.K. Kyer was the heir apparent to Jordan Ellis. Well, P.K. Kyer has 50 yards rushing this season. So I just want to see more from the group. I don't think Jordan Ellis is very dynamic. I think he gives you what he gives you. I just want to see more, you know, more electricity, more excitement from this group. So I'll give him a B minus. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think a B minus is fair. And I want to say that, you know, it's not totally... The running back's fault that they don't have good games that has some to do with jordan ellis not being or not sorry bryce perkins not being able to make throws yep. that he needs to sometimes in very key situations and so defenses have really been you know keying in on the running game now that being said i agree with you i think that some of this has to go with the coaching staff and how they the running backs are being used are they being used to their full potential or not and hopefully after this bye week, we'll see some more different things going on with the running backs and not just Jordan Ellis finding a hole in the O-line. It could be, you know, some more sweeps, maybe some pitches, maybe some true option plays. So hopefully we see that going on. So let's move down to wide receivers. Dustin, what do you think about our wide receivers? Our wide receivers, we, we've got some talent on the wide receiver line. Now, once again, are they being used to their full potential? As Jerry was talking about earlier, we have Zacchaeus, who is a talented individual who should see more touches, but is not getting those touches. And does that have to do with him? Does that have to do with Bryce Perkins? Does that have to do with the coaching staff? And I don't know what to tell you because I think it's a combination of all three. I would give the wide receivers a B. I, I think they've been doing pretty good, maybe a B minus this year, right? They've been doing pretty good. They haven't wowed me with any like supreme catches. Um, there have been a couple nice runs after the catch, but you know, once again, that's not really. I, I think in between a B and a B minus is what I would give them. I'd actually go a little higher. I'm thinking more B plus range. Okay. I think a lot. I think you've seen a lot of really great things, especially from Alameda Zacchaeus and mm-hmm. Hasis Dubois has been kind of the consistent, reliable guy that's shown up. The guy with the big, strong hands. The guy who's going to make those tough catches. So I think those two are really leading the charge. I'd like to see Joe Reed get a little bit more involved. I'd like to see Tavares Kelly get a little bit more involved. I don't think we're really going to see much from Devontae Cross the rest of the season. He's kind of had his chances and hasn't made the plays. The reason I give him a B plus is because I don't think it's all about what their stats say. You know, mm. Alamene Zacchaeus has 500 yards receiving. Joe Reed only has 130. Cease has 247. Mm-hmm. But I think... You've seen replays, you've seen, we're not sitting here studying tape, but you see situations where receivers are open downfield. I mean, Indiana game, our guys were running wild behind the secondary. We just couldn't get the ball to them. So I think they're giving themselves chances to make plays. I think it's now just up to our coaching staff and up to Bryce Perkins to make sure the ball is getting in their hands. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay, I'll change it to B. (laughs) I'm not going to a B+. (laughs) We'll see. Hopefully we'll hit A's. We'll see. Uh, Tight ends. Dustin, thoughts? It's hard to do tight ends because, you know, our top tight end, Evan Butts, only has uh, 60 yards this whole season. He has no touchdowns. He gets 12 yards a game on average. I I haven't really seen much of Evan Butts to give him a grade. I would say not available. Incomplete. Incomplete, yeah. Because if the the quarterback's not going to throw to them, I can't grade them. It's like if my students are absent from the test, I don't know how they take the test. Yeah. You can't you can't grade someone on something they haven't done yet. And Evan Butts and the rest of the tight ends haven't been able to show what they can do. And yeah, so what do you think? I mean, I was going to give them a D, but now I might just give them incomplete. <laughs> well, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. That makes much more sense because you can't they haven't done anything. I will it's- say two of our 
I think for me, more impressive receptions have been by tight ends. Mm-hmm. You, people forget Evan Butts had a critical third down catch yeah. against Louisville, which was the play before Bryce Perkins went and hurdled the guy. Mm-hmm. Tanner Cowley, he only has two receptions for 21 yards, mm-hmm. but he had a big third down reception against Indiana that first drive of the game. Yeah. So incomplete, I think, makes a lot of sense. I, I think these guys can make plays. Yeah. They just really haven't had the ball thrown their way you know we talked about this earlier but you know when you have a running quarterback who doesn't have great arm strength you think that a tight end you know sitting right there like five yards away would be a great check down but he hasn't been using them and I don't know if that's his decision if he if it takes too long in the in his reads to get there or if the the coaching staff has told him like like look downhill and if you don't see anything just take off and I don't know what's going on with that but hopefully Hopefully we get the tight ends mixed in a little more because, as Jerry was saying, you know Evan Butts has good hands. You know, he's a good talent. If we don't use him, we, we're not going to be able to see what he can do. <laughs> so incomplete on the tight ends. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Next up, we have the offensive line. And Rob, what do you think about them? I mean, C, C minus. C minus, yeah. I mean, somewhere in that range. They're, I thought they'd be better at pass protecting than what they are. I didn't really... You know, when you have a young offensive line, you have guys that are still bulking up and have been in weight programs for a long time, at least collegiate level weight programs. Uh, So I'm not necessarily expecting them to be great in the run just because they might not have the strength or experience to really have that push. That said, they need to be better in pass protection. Mm -hmm. And part of it's youth and there is depth growing there. But that's like saying someone studies a lot, so they should get a higher grade on the test, you know? That's yeah. great. Keep trying. I like what Broncos doing here, but they haven't performed to the reason, uh, or at least to the ability. I think they can. Yeah, I think I'd say C minus, maybe, uh, maybe a D plus, just because the pass protection has not been there in some games. You know, like the the NC State game, really bad performance by the offensive line. Now they have had good games against. You know, William Mary was pretty good. Ohio was great, but a lot of that was them. Uh, opening holes up in the run game but with pass protection it hasn't really been there all season so hopefully we can get some guys healthy maybe swap some guys around the line I don't know much about the offensive line I'm gonna leave that up to the coaches but hopefully they can tweak those things to help us out for Miami yeah you know there are different ways you can play it I'd expect Dylan uh, Rankins Meyer to continue playing center Mm -hmm. but he has experience playing left tackle where we're playing a true freshman a lot of the time right now you know, hopefully R.J. Proctor is back. R.J. Proctor, he never shows up on the too deep depth chart, but always ends up playing half the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. Marcus Applefield was more of a guard before he came to Virginia where they moved him to right tackle. So mm-hmm. maybe he swings in to guard. I don't know. I Like you said, I trust 2J. Uh, we'll see what he can do there. But there's just more to be desired. Yeah. So overall on the offense, Rob, what would you grade the offense? I mean, everything's roughly in the B range except for the offensive line. I think we have to say B. You know, we've seen some mm-hmm. exciting plays, but yeah. it's you just want to see more. You want to see more consistency, and you just want to see them really take advantage of their playmakers. Again, I've said this a couple weeks ago. This is college football. You know, I mm-hmm. want all of our guys to stay healthy. I want all of them to make the best decisions for their health as much as their career. But this isn't the NFL. I'm not really too concerned what if Bryce Perkins is our starting QB 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. We got two years to use him and really use his talents. Alamide Zacchaeus, we only have seven, maybe eight more games now. Mm-hmm. Let your guys make plays. So I'm hoping we'll open up the playbook a little bit more and we can see more. So I'll give him a B. What about yeah. you? I'd give him a B minus just because I, I need to see more consistency from them, especially in the, I'd say the run game mostly because the passing game is pretty consistent week to week. You know, we're not going to see some bombs like we used to, but you know, we'll get those consistent check downs and crosses and stuff like that. The run game has been on and off every week. And it, it really depends on whether or not the offensive line comes to play or what the other defense is doing too. So Against NC State, run game sucked. But against Ohio, run game was awesome, right? So Louisville, run game was awesome. It depends on week to week. So I'd give them a B minus. I want more consistency. I want them to get into the red zone and actually score a touchdown, you know, not uh, not kick field goals. So that's what I'm looking for with the offense moving forward. So let's switch to defense then. Yeah. Defensive line. That's a fun one. Oof. What do you think, Dustin? Oof. Well, 
they've been hurt all season and they can't consistently get pressure on the quarterback. I'd say a D for the uh, defensive line just because they haven't been able to get there. The run game uh, stopping has been okay. You know, we we can have the bodies to hold them, but with when it comes to pass rush, it's almost non-existent, right? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one because we play a lot of 3-4 defense, and in the 3-4, your defensive linemen aren't expected to be your primary pass rushers. Mm-hmm. You know, Eli Handback's way more of a space eater than a guy who's going to get through. He has a sack so far. Mandy Alonso has a sack so far. Uh, Famui's played well. Jordan Redman has shown flashes. I think both of those are going to be very good players for us the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'd probably go higher. I might say C. I, to me, it's not so much the starters because I think the starters have played well. I mean, you look at what they did against Louisville. They've generally played well. NC State wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. But I think we have the players who can play. We just need more of them. You know, that yeah. it hurts having uh, Jawan Moy and Stephen Wright leave. Cassius Pete never showing up to play. Mm-hmm. I guess he hurt his shoulder, but never making the field. Dylan Thompson, who knows if he, even if he makes the field, if he'll be any is good. He, is he a real person? We I don't hate know. that we have to talk about him. <laughs> He's literally done nothing for four he- years. But yet we talk about him. We're every still week. really excited about it. He's coming. <laughs> He's coming. But yeah, I yeah, you know, on the defensive line too. Most of our defensive line members don't have any sacks, right? Uh, some have like a half. Uh, Richard Burney has two, but I think that might be the loss of the season. Yeah, is having him yeah. done. Yeah. So I think I think the defensive line has not stepped up and even though we knew they were going to be weak this season i think they're they're worse than i thought they would be i'd say i'd say d all right linebackers linebackers you you start with linebackers i want to say pre-injuries i would have said b to b plus Mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now they played at a c level last week Mm -hmm. and linebacker is interesting because the difference between a three four outside linebacker and a three four inside linebacker is huge Mm -hmm. Uh, you know a three four inside linebacker is kind of traditional what you think about well the outside linebacker well they play a little bit of coverage especially charles snowden because he's very athletic but they're kind of more like four three defensive ends their job is to get to the passer Mm -hmm. so i think zane zandier and jordan mack both impressed i think malcolm cook if he can come back is big but obviously that inside position has been hit hard with injuries especially with dominique shepherd going down as well on the outside you know chris peace a sack and a half so far i would have liked to see more but that's kind of about what i expected mm-hmm. i think his sack total was higher last year than it probably should have been mm-hmm. uh charles snowden had that great game against against louisville so you see flashes you're just kind of looking for more of that consistency and with so many injuries it's just hard to put together so maybe overall i'd say b minus but i think that's a product again of lack of depth Mm -hmm. or injuries as much as the play on the field yeah i'd say b minus c plus i think just because once again like you're saying we haven't seen the production but they also have been holding their own pretty well when they've been faced with adversity just like you know all these people getting hurt I would say B minus C plus. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not upset about their play. I would just like them to improve a little bit. Yeah, I mean Malcolm Cook coming back. Hopefully in yeah. two weeks that'll be very big because yeah. I like Rob Snyder, but just to get that athleticism back, that uh, you know sixth year senior, all that comes with that. Yeah, um, it's been a group that's been hit hard by injuries. And so. if and if we could get. Jordan Mack back this season I mean who he's, knows he's probably our best player on the defensive yeah. side of the ball definitely, definitely so secondary secondary Dustin what are your thoughts they've played pretty good you know they uh they got uh you know they faced an NC State quarterback last week who was really good maybe the best quarterback they're gonna see all season but they've been holding their own because you know our front seven they have lost a lot of people so we've been needing to really pack them into the box and drop back only a couple guys into coverage and they've been holding their own pretty good uh pretty well in yeah, this is the future of our kids <laughs> i am a history teacher i'm not an english teacher i just want to say but uh yeah i think that you know this is a unit that we knew was strong coming in uh losing uh nelson last week was not good, but hopefully he'll get back in time for Miami. I think that this is what we expected from them, and 
I would give them a B plus. Yeah, I give them a B plus too. The starters are good and mm-hmm. they're really good. Juan Thornhill, Joey Blunt, and Brendan Nelson is a terrific safety combination. Hopefully Brendan Nelson is able to come back. And we forget about Chris Moore. Chris Moore played pretty well last year. And a Who's Place article we did before the season, he was my breakout candidate because I thought he'd be playing a lot of the nickel, closer to the line of scrimmage. We'd use some good looks. He's just been hurt. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's another guy that can come back and make an impact this second half of the season. I think the reason it's a B plus and not an A is because we've left too many plays on the table. Mm-hmm. Bryce Hall has dropped some interceptions. Juan Thornhill, I, he's a playmaker, but he just hasn't made plays in every game. I know I'm nitpicking hard mm, there. Yeah. But even the depth at corner, you know, we just, I want to see more. I want to see more interceptions. I mean, Brendan Nelson, that pass in the end zone last week against NC State, he comes up with that 50 50 ball. All of a sudden, I'm not saying we're going to win, but it's a different feel to the ball game, right. especially early. Yeah. So I want to see him make more plays. They're being put on an island. They're being asked a lot of them because the front half of the defense, the front seven, isn't that good. Mm-hmm. But I want to see more plays from the back half. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, and lastly, not lastly, excuse me, the defense overall, what would you say? See, you know, they fair. They've come to play some games. I mean, I think we're finding out as each week goes on that Louisville is much worse than they thought. I mean, (laughs) they gave up 66 points to Georgia Tech. Oh, my gosh. What a game that was. Man. But, you know, they came to play against uh, Louisville, Mm -hmm. and they weren't helped. The final score didn't show how well they played against Ohio. I mean, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, Ohio, Nathan Rourke, we knew he was a playmaker, and he's starting to show that, but he didn't show that against us. Yeah. So... They've come to play certain weeks. It's just hard. There's not much depth. They've had injuries. You know, they're doing what they can. But at the same time, it's you just want to see more. I'm excited to see what they can do against Miami next week. And they've got a quarterback who is a freshman and didn't look great against Florida State in the first half last this week. I think that hopefully we can take advantage of that and and get some turnovers. Now, our last unit is special teams. Rob, how have the special teams been doing this year? Hopefully Hunter Pearson coming in, taking over the place-kicking job, will really elevate this unit. Mm -hmm. You know, Lester Coleman is a good punter. At the same time, he's a punter. You know, Virginia has had great punters for 10 years. I know. We we always have a good punter. Somehow it hasn't translated to wins. Not yet. I I haven't put that together yet. (laughs) I don't know why that's the case. (laughs) We... You know, Lester Coleman's a good punter. I'd give him a good grade. AJ Mejia, not easy being a kicker. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you got to perform. Hopefully, Hunter Pearson's our guy for the next four years. He's a good kickoff guy. Well, it's uh, I think Brian Delaney's the kickoff guy. Oh, you're right. AJ Mejia had a very nice onside kick yes. last week, a little trickery. Yes, he did. But, I mean, kickoffs have been great. And the returns, you know, Joe Reed, we want to see more. We know what he can do. We want to see more. And punt returns, what Jerry goes back to, let playmakers make plays. I like that Chuck Davis can catch the ball. I want to see DeForest Kelly back there. Mm -hmm. I want to see the guys who can really make people miss, get to the corners. You know, Daniel Hamm returned punts for a couple Mm -hmm. years, and it was great. He caught the ball. We never did anything with it. So if we can do more by putting DeForest Kelly back there, I'm all for that. So overall, I don't know, C. I think that has the potential to go way up, though, with hopefully more plays in the return game, and more consistency in the kicking game? I'd say a C plus. I think that the defensive side of special teams has been really good. Covering kickoffs, covering punts, they, we haven't really had any issues with that this year with long returns or stupid blown assignments like that. I think the defensive side is really good. The offensive side does need some work. You know, you talked about uh, field goal kicking. The kickoffs have been really good so far, but... The other thing I'd like to see is is some more returns. You know, we've had a couple fumbles uh, on punt returns, and I think that needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Hopefully, the bye week helps with that. I would say C plus. I I'm happy with them. I think they can. There's definitely room for improvement, but they've they've done well this season in an area that historically under Mike London was not great. Get off the field, Khalid. Khalid, get off the field. Yeah, I can't do the voice. That that's haunting. As a Virginia fan, I will never forget that. Yeah, Rob. Overall, this team we put together 
offense, defense, special teams. We haven't talked about coaching staff. What would you grade the coaching staff this season? Uh, probably probably a B. It's yeah. interesting because Bronco Bronco thinks of football like a business and mm-hmm. he keeps using his analogies. Like first year he thought he was like, Oh, this is a startup. Well, JK, actually now it's like we're a bankrupt firm and now second mm-hmm. year it's like we're a startup. Now third year it's like we're trying to build something. Everything he thinks of is business-esque you know Mm -hmm. he hires consultants to come and take a look at the way he runs his systems the way he runs his organizations so you got to think about it in that context you got to think about it in the way bronco thinks about it Mm -hmm. and he's starting to view himself more as the ceo you know he's not calling plays anymore he's delegated that to uh you know i think it's nick howell Mm -hmm. the defense i think the defense play calling has been well you know defense is so much more about putting people in position to make plays. And our guys have been in position. We just don't have the depth and the talent that we need across the board yet. Offensively, I think is where it's bigger because I think you just see Anai is way more comfortable calling plays with a running quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. we would complain so much the past couple of years and even going back to Mike London's days when we ran a pro style offense, play calling has never been good. Right. The offensive coordinator is the easiest person to yell at and pick apart at Mm -hmm. but i don't really think i've had any problems with any play calling at least none that come directly to mind this season and i think he just has such a better rhythm with bryce perkins than he did kurt benkert and their ability to you know draw up plays and you know just in the right sequence and put players in positions to make plays they could do more which is why i'm giving them a b Mm -hmm. but i think that's the biggest takeaway here is that just Robert and I is so much more comfortable this season than he has been the past two. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, the offensive play calling has been pretty good this year. There hasn't been really any flashy stuff that, that they have called. You know, there's been no trick plays so far. Um, there, there hasn't been really anything super exciting yet that, that Bryce Perkins has not done on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Uh, I'd like to see... You know, defensive play calling has been solid, but, you know, we, we aren't drawing up like crazy blitzes or anything yet. I just think we don't have the personnel for that. We don't. So I'm not upset at that. I'd give them a BB plus. Um, the only thing I'd say is I think the coaching staff needs to utilize some of their players a little bit more. You know, we talked about Butts. We talked about Zacchaeus. Uh, I think that if the coaching staff can, you know, convince Bryce Perkins to use them a little bit more, or even tell, like call plays specifically for them. I think that'll help us out a lot, especially on offense. I mean, I think it goes back to part of what Jerry said, too. And one thing that you talk to a lot of people inside the program and outside the program, they'll tell you the same thing. These guys can coach. They know their Mm -hmm. X's and O's. They know Bronco talks about winning over players' hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. You know, they know what it takes to win football games. The question is whether they're going to be able to bring in the players that allow them to go from that six, seven win range yeah. to that eight, nine, 10 win range. Yeah. It's all going to come down to recruiting. And I think that's, we've seen player development. We've seen, you know, just good roster management and we've seen players say they want to play for him. I've said it before. He's kind of a quirky guy, but mm-hmm. players like him and he's bringing in players that like him. The, the question is going to become whether or not they can get the players that are good enough, talented enough to make that worthwhile. Bronco's done a fantastic job of changing the mindset of the players. And now that he's done that, he's changed the culture of the program. He's got to change the players he has. And so that will come with time. And hopefully with time, the fans will come. Hopefully this program's going to go up. So overall, I think I'd grade this season a B, B minus so far. You know, it's been good. It's been solid. Definitely room for improvement, though. Yeah, and I'm just God. I mean, if we could beat in Miami, they're coming at a good time. You mm-hmm. know, an emotional win last week. We have the bye week to prepare under the lights. Hopefully, our players will show up for that game. Um, hopefully, our fans show up for that game. Yeah, no, it's true. Rob and I are gonna be there. We will be there. It is Yar, so we're very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm really struggling on how much of the game I want because I want to go to the whole game, but I also want to go to Yar. Yeah. But I want to go to the game. Dilemmas. They're at the same time. It's hard. Stupid, stupid ESPN. But then you just look at the rest of the ACC slate. You know, we talked about last week, you know, winnable games. I don't know if Virginia Tech is quite in that category yet. Although, you know, they're they're definitely beatable. We've mm-hmm. seen that. But a lot of winnable games, 
there's a path to six wins. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a path. It's just whether or not we can, you know, hit the right games and win the right games to make sure we get there. I'm I'm on the bandwagon. I think we got it. I think we can do it. I just, I just you know, it's got to happen. Got to happen. Players got to make plays. Got to make plays. Got to, <laughs> got to. <laughs> they got to play. All right. Uh, I think that's it for football talk. If unless you want to add any last words, let's beat Miami, man. Let's beat Miami. Yeah. So I think one thing we want to do really quickly before the end of the episode is run over the non-revenue sports that are happening right now. We talked a little bit about them a couple weeks ago, maybe four or five weeks ago, but we want to give an update uh, during the midseason. So I always loved going to these games. They were always my favorite. Uh, especially when the football season was not going well, you know? After about week three. Yeah, women's soccer, men's soccer, field hockey, volleyball. These were all really fun to go to. So we're going to go over them really quickly and maybe give some not too big of depth or insight, but we'll talk about our feelings. How about that? Let's do it. All right. So first off, we got women's soccer. They're ranked eight in the country last time I checked, and they are currently 10 and two. Uh, And... You know, women's soccer was always so fun to go to. They were so good when we were students, and uh, they always have girls who can play. And, you know, they've got uh, girls who are on the national team, too. So they've got them back. They're playing, and, you know, they're doing well so far. I just want a national championship. That's what I want. We got it out of men's soccer. Let's get it out of women's. Yeah, and speaking of men's soccer, men's soccer last time I checked was ranked number 10, but they have just lost to Duke. In their last game, they were undefeated before that. They were six and zero oh and two, but now they are six one and two. And so their ranking will probably drop a little bit, but I'm not too concerned with that. I think they're they're a good team this year, and they've got some playmakers. So hopefully they can bounce back and get another championship. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we got field hockey, ranked number eighteen. Uh, they are having a down year this year. They are four and seven. Thing about field hockey is that. They're, they're ranked really high. I think that's because they've only played really good teams this year. So it's not like they've lost to bad teams. They just haven't lot, well, beaten very many good teams yet. Uh, they are 1-4 in the ACC, too, which is a really strong conference for field hockey. So hopefully the ladies on the Blue Turf can, blue turf can uh, get some stuff done this season and get another ACC championship. Yeah, field hockey is interesting too because I know it was this way with swimming. It might be the same way with field hockey is they just don't put out rankings very often. Mm-hmm. So like swimming, they come out with rankings like once a month. Yeah. So you might lose like four meets, but you might still be number five. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully they they pull it together. Maybe make a little ACC run. Uh, see what they can do. Yeah, and then our last one that we're going to talk about is volleyball. They are five and ten this season. You know, volleyball was never great while we were students at uva but i always loved going to the uh mem gym and you know seeing them play they're they're always it's always really fun the atmosphere in that place is fantastic uh we've got a second year coach so hopefully he can build build a build a program and yeah i i just like i like watching volleyball i think it's fun i mean it was just a staple man the who crew events you go you get your pizza and Cheer on the ladies. Yeah, and sweat a little bit too because you definitely sweat. Hot as balls in there. You definitely sweat. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's our quick rundown of the non-revenue sports so far. We'll we'll do this every so often. I know, I know we didn't have a lot to say about them, but I always like to check in and you know make sure they're doing okay because they they were a big part of my undergrad experience and I always like going to them. So yeah, so they're doing good, and I think that's pretty much it. So you want to give some yells real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. My yell goes out to Carson McCorkle, who is the newest UVA basketball commit. He is playing in Argentina right now at the youth basketball games. He's playing for Team USA in the three-on-three tournament. And they uh, ended the day one-on-one yesterday slash today. And they lost to Russia, but they beat Mongolia. And Carson McCorkle actually had the winning free throw to seal it. So... Shout out to him. I'm really excited to see what he can do. He is a sniper from downtown. He can really shoot the ball. Yeah, and I'll stick with the basketball theme. Uh, I guess my yell goes out to ESPN. I don't know. <laughs> Jay Billis, you saw ESPN was in the house this week uh, doing interviews. They had some with Jack Salt, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter. 
uh, you know, the basketball accounts, football gives us a lot of content from their social media accounts. Basketball is a little more reserved. They're a little more hidden. So we just got to take what we can get. And ESPN guys were at JPJ this week doing interviews. So we'll see if anything comes out of that. But it's fun to just kind of say, hey, you know, we're 30 days away today from our first game. So go ESPN, go who's basketball season's coming. It's coming, baby. But uh, I think that's all from us today. So thank you guys for listening. This is episode 11, and we are going to keep going with this. We are having a great time, and we really appreciate you guys listening every week. So make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat, at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us and subscribe on Podbean or iTunes or whatever you listen on. And we will see you guys next week. Go Who's Baby. Go Who's Baby.